Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 137, where in a moment we look at a beginner's guide to managing your money. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, that you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. In our programmes today, we featured loads of stuff, mortgages, investing, wills and powers of attorney and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last time we looked at investing in fine art with guest expert Mark Gask. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. Joining me as always, the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. Okay, beginner's guide to managing your money. What what do we do? Where do we start this one? I guess the, the first place to start is kind of looking at your, your income and expenditure. That, that's kind of like well, not the obvious place to start, but that, that's where I would be starting if I was sitting down with someone. And once you start looking at your ins and outs, it's then it's important to look at setting a budget. So budgeting is something that's, that's really important. And when you're budgeting, it means that you're more likely to live within your means. And that's that's an important thing. I always say it's like you want to spend less than what you earn. And the amount of people that spend more than what they earn is quite staggering, really. But um, if you're budgeting as well, it also kind of means that you're less likely to get caught out by maybe any unexpected costs that come up. And I, I don't know if this is a good or a bad example, but I was going to say the, the government, they do a, a budget, at least, I mean, you've got a budget every year, um, but they also have like things like the autumn statement as well, which is similar to our budget. So they're they're reviewing things a couple of times a year. But budgeting it's it's such an important thing to to do. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain the government have about twenty four thousand people working on their <laughs> their budget all the time as well. Though, if I've if I've never done this before, that's what I'm looking to achieve. Then figure out what's coming in, and then make sure that that I can cover what's going out. How, how do I set up a budget, Phil? Yeah, to, to get started in your budget, but what I often say to folk is, look, get three months bank statements. Um, and it's actually good to photocopy it because then it's handy for, for writing on, scoring things out, making any notes. Um, some people don't like to do that on the original bank statements, but a lot of banking now is done online, so you can print them off just as and when you, you need them. But um, So if you get your, your last three months bank statements, it's good because it'll give you an idea of what you're spending each month and what you're taking in. And then then you'll be able to see like how to set up sort of budgets there. But a, a really good website, moneyhelper.org.uk. So it, it's a, a sort of government website that, that they've got to help people with their finances and money matters. Um, and it's really good. They've got a budgeting tool on there. So I would encourage anybody, if they are looking to do a budget, have a look at that, and it, it can be a big help because it covers everything that's that's in there and um, saves you forgetting about certain things as well. Okay, so when I'm doing this, Phil, I mean, what exactly do I need to include in my sums? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you, you need to include everything that you're you're spending your money on. So you're looking at things like household bills, living costs, 
Um, you might have the course of financial products, things like maybe life insurance, bank charges. You might be paying interest to, to your bank. So th- there's things like that, that that need to be taken into account. But you, you've also got to take into account things like your family, cost some kids, friends. I mean, the things, some of the costs could include sort of gifts that you make, traveling expenses, that there could be like they one-off things as well, but it might be that somebody you know is getting married. So again, you might have the cost of sort of presents and gifts there. Like I say, that Money Helper website is good because it covers everything in there. It's really detailed. It'll also go into things like your, your travel costs, car costs, fuel. You might have to think of MOTs, car tax, leisure costs, holidays, gym fees, meals out, entertainment. It really can be a lot of different things. So that budget planner is excellent because it covers all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one that you didn't mention there, I don't think, which sort of surprised me a little bit. Just your everyday shopping, your food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the, the cost of that's going up, yeah, up and all, up and up just all, now. All the time. And, and even, you know, if you take three months bank statements, I'm just thinking, well, if that's the case, then my, my mortgage is going to look different every single month because it just <laughs> keeps going up. Uh, is it easier to, to calculate all this if, it, if it's done simply in your own name? So even if you have a partner, should you be looking at this jointly or not? If if you manage your finances jointly, then I would be saying that you'd be best doing the budgeting together jointly. We we did actually do a whole podcast on should you manage your finances on your own or jointly. I can't remember what episode that was, but that's in the, the kind of back catalogue if, if anybody wants to take a listen to that one. But I think it's important if, if you are managing your finances jointly, it's good that you're both involved and you might find that one might not really be that bothered, but it's still important to sit down and say, right, how much are we going to budget for this? How much are we going to budget for that? So I, I would say that's quite an important thing to do. Mm, over and above the, the obvious feel, like, like managing to pay your bills and you know not taking on more than you can afford. What are the the other sort of associated advantages that can come w- w- with keeping a budget? I mean, probably doesn't do your credit rating or your mortgage ability any harm, does it? Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. If you can budget and save, it's going to give you more of a deposit for when you are, say, buying a house. And also, if you can budget well, it could help you get a better credit rating as well because you're maybe not needing to take out loans or credit cards because you've you've budgeted and saved. So, yeah, definitely it, it can have a, an, a positive impact on your credit rating. And that means that you are more likely to get credit should the needs arise in the, the future as well. And like I say, I, I mentioned earlier, but it's so important if you can spend less than than what you earn, because if you can be saving, it, it certainly helps you in, in the future. It sounds straightforward, doesn't it? But just about everybody I know, it doesn't matter how much they earn, they always spend up to right to the wire and then sometimes beyond. Yeah. Okay, so so I'm, I'm comfortable with the idea of how to start and, and what to include within a budget. What else do we need to include in a beginner's guide to managing your money? Yes, I mean, the, the first place to start was the, the budgets, looking at what you've got coming in and out. I, I would say that the next thing to look at is is what I would call financial protection. Now, it's often seen as the cornerstone of financial planning. I know when I did all my, my financial advisor exams all that many years ago, that, that's the kind of area that they say, look, you need to work at things like budgeting, have an emergency fund, but the things like life insurance, critical illness cover, income protection, accident, sickness, and maybe unemployment cover, 
all of these things are are so important. And I'll I'll just touch on each one just just very briefly. Hmm. Life insurance life insurance is quite straightforward. If you die, it pays out a sum which goes to whoever you've nominated it to go to. So um, if you had a joint mortgage, for example, it's something that's good to have. If you've um, got kids, life insurance is, is good to have there as well, or certainly good to, to be considering. If you're a single person with no dependents, you maybe didn't have the, the same need for that. You might still want to have something to cover um, funeral costs if, if anything was to happen to you. The the ones that are, are just as important You've got critical illness cover, so that pays out if you're diagnosed with having a critical illness. So things like cancer, heart attack, stroke, these critical illness policies cover a a whole host of things. Income protection is is something that if if anybody's working or or self-employed, they should be considering. Um, So that's something that replaces your income if you're off for ill for, for any reason. And a lot of people often think, oh, but is that not similar to, to critical illness? And it does duplicate in some ways, but income protection, some of the things that it covers that maybe critical illness cover doesn't, is things like maybe backache, being off with stress. If you broke your leg and was off work for, for a certain period, that wouldn't be a critical illness. That would be something that would be more looked at under income protection. So, And then the last one I mentioned was accidents, sickness and unemployment cover. So you get policies pay out if, if you have an accident or sickness or you're made unemployed. Again, it'll pay out a specified amount there as well. So all these things are, are important to look at. For, for some people, they're, they're going to be more important than others. But again, it is often seen as the, the sort of cornerstone of financial planning. When you talk about all these items, I mean, obviously, depending on whether they're relevant to you or not, if there's an expense attached, then it's coming from that, that budget we've been talking about. Yeah. But let's just assume that you've, you've looked at your budget and you simply can't afford everything that we're discussing today. How do you know what to leave out? Do you have like a, a recommended list of this is the most important to least important? Yeah, I mean, I, I always say having some cover is better than no cover. And at the moment, it is. Times are tough. People are spending more each month on all their, their bills, their shopping, gas and electricity has gone up a, a fair bit. So I, I can see that a lot of budgets are are squeezed. So that is something that, that I find. And like I say, some cover is better than, than nothing. This is where I would advise people to speak to their financial advisor um, because they can help them work out right what's going to be best for you, how much can you afford, how much do you need. We, we've also got the, the website on the, the Phil Anderson Financial Services website. If you go on there, we have got a page where you can get some indicative quotes for protection. So the, the website address is www.philandersonfinancial.com co.uk slash insurance and it's quite good you can play about with that and just say right but if I had this cover how much is it going to cost and just get an idea it's quite good to give you an idea of what you might need it looks at your situations you put in things like do you have a mortgage do you have kids all of that sort of stuff and it'll kind of just give you an idea what a financial advisor would sort of be recommending that you have but it just gives you an idea rough a rough idea of costs assuming you were accepted on the, the normal terms as well. So that website address, again, it's philandersonfinancial.co.uk slash insurance. Okay, next up, the dreaded loans and credit card scenario. What do we need to know here? Well, actually, scratch my use of the word dreaded because I'm going to bet you'll tell me if utilised sensibly, loans or credit cards can be useful financial tools. That's it. You, you've got... Well, I would almost say you've got sort of like good debt and bad debt. So, for example, if you take out a mortgage, 
that's helping you to buy a property which usually over the longer term is going to go up in value. So that that could be classed as almost like not good debt, but I think you would know what I mean there. But yeah, yeah, if if you are like if you have got debts, then it is good to try and pay off things like loans and credit cards. And where you usually want to start is if you're clearing debts, you usually want to get rid of the highest interest rates first. So quite often that's going to be your credit cards. They they tend to have the, the highest interest rates, but you want to try and prioritize your debts and think, right, but how much am I paying out? What's costing me the most? What's got the highest interest rates? So you would want to weigh all of that up, but that, that's an important thing to try and do as well. Okay, here's one we've spoken about lots, Phil, emergency funds. Now, what's the thinking behind this if you're, if you're completely new to managing money? Yeah, I mentioned emergency funds just briefly earlier. It's important to try and have a pot of money accessible in case anything unexpected comes up. And what we call this is, is an emergency fund. And really, it's just a pot of money that you've got there in case something unexpected comes up. An example of that might be, for example, if your car breaks down. So if your car breaks down and you, you maybe had to replace it, or if your car breaks down and you had maybe a bill of several thousand pounds to fix it, that, that's something that's important to have that money and it saves you borrowing the, the money because if, if you have to borrow money quite quickly, you might have you you might end up having to pay quite high interest rates if it was like a payday loan or expensive credit cards. So it's good if you've got that money saved up there for emergencies, it saves you having to maybe get stung for expensive credit as well. It's a, a kind of a rainy day fund, isn't it, really? Definitely, yeah. Uh, next on, uh, A Beginner's Guide to Managing Money, Saving. Now, this is separate to em- emergency funds. I mean, given the choice of, of one or the other from within your budget, Phil, presumably you build an emergency fund before you get on to saving. Yeah, you, you want to have an emergency fund, first of all. And like I say, that you've got that money there just in case of emergencies. Now, I always say, folks, if you can try and save and have three months sort of salary, that's always handy just for, for any unexpected things coming up. I mean, in the UK as a whole, the average emergency fund is really quite low. I know legal in general, they've got what's called deadline to the breadline, and it's it's like a report. And there, when I, I look at that report, that the figures are always like so low that people just don't have much saved up in case of emergency. And I know the average is an awful lot less than three months wages in the bank. Mm. But yeah, once, once you've got your emergency funds set up, then you can start looking at saving for the, the sort of future as well. And when you're saving, then you can look at things like ISAs. So that stands for individual savings accounts. They're quite good. You can save up to £20,000 per year into an ISA. And the good thing is that any gains that you make, they're free of capital gains tax and income tax. And one advantage with interest rates going up, I mean, it's not so good if you've got a mortgage, but at least if you have got things like cash ISAs, you can get a better interest rate on on them. You also get stocks and shares ISAs as well. They're quite good for a, a longer term investment because they're in the stock market. They can be a bit more up and down. So I would view that more as like a longer term savings plan. But yeah, good to look at all these sort of things once you've got your emergency fund sorted as well. Now, as we're about to get onto a category you've called pensions slash long term savings, one of the things that I would like to address as you do this is if you have money to contribute, we're 
Should you wish you to direct most of it? I mean, to your pension or your savings? Perhaps you can cover that in the process of talking about the payer here. But pensions vary depending on, on whether you're employed or self-employed, don't they? Yeah, they do. If, if you're employed, you'll be auto-enrolled into a workplace pension scheme. Now, they, these are good because you get tax relief on the money that you're paying in, but also your work's going to pay in as well. The, the downside for someone that's self-employed is they've got to set up their own pension provisions. So pensions are important and long-term savings are important as well. But You need to try and get the shorter-term stuff looked at first and then start thinking about, right, how we've got to fund our, our retirement once we, we get to that age. As well as long-term savings, it might not just retirement, but you might also want to fund things like your children's education. Mm. So it is, it, it, it's important. And then not only that, but you, you also want to look at building the assets that you've got. And that kind of can give you a better financial future as well. So again, long-term savings are, are something that's important too. Yeah, as you mentioned assets, Phil, what, what exactly does that does that cover? Yeah, I mean, like the, the dictionary definition of assets is something that's useful or a valuable thing. Now, assets can be many things. You, I mean, like you could class, like last week we had Mark on speaking about art, jewellery, cars. They can all be classed as assets. But what I'm kind of meaning here is assets that can make you money. So that that's what I'm always looking at. It's thinking, right, you, you've got, you, you've done your emergency, you've done your budget in, got your emergency fund, you've saved up money in the shorter term, you then looked at longer term things. And it's then thinking, right, how can I use that money that I've saved up to get me the, the best going forward? Now, once you've built up a fund, at that point, that's when you can look at things like you can invest in stocks and shares. If you do that, you you can get an income from that off the, the dividends that they produce. For some people, they'll look at investing in property and maybe think, right, I'll, I'll look at buying a second home, get the rental income from it. So I, I think once you've got everything else sort of sussed, that's when you're looking to, you're almost trying to build your income by producing or, or sort of income-producing assets, that eventually that could even replace some of your earned income over time as well. So that, that's it's almost like a ladder that you're climbing. You're just going up each stage of the, the kind of ladder there and the stage of the process. But eventually you want to get up to trying to have assets that are producing an income for you. Okay, in terms of starting a budget then, I suppose there's no time like the present and, and no age really too young once you get to grips with numbers. So even if it's if it's pocket money weighed up against what you want to spend it on uh, and the savings that you could be making, th that's a great time to get used to the concept of all of this, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, and like like I say, I know that times are tough for, for many people just now and, and it's not easy when it comes to, to budget and that, that's for sure. But a couple other sort of tips is, when you're doing a successful budget, try try to make it quite simple. Then I get it is easy to kind of get too into it, but and and be a little bit flexible as well because sometimes things will come up that, like I say, sometimes unexpected things will will come up. Um, I mean, it's important for it to be accurate. That that's one thing you you do want to make sure that you are quite accurate with, with what your your budget in but it is it's it's tough times for many just now but budgeting is, is such an important thing to do okay and just summarize for me in small steps how we get about starting to manage your, your, your money phil just you know take us through those those tiny steps again yes i mean what you're looking to do is get get your budgets 
sorted out first of all. And then I mentioned about things like having the emergency fund. Set set yourself financial goals. I mean, we, we've done shows about sort of goal setting before, but you, you might think, right, my goal for this year is to pay my credit card off. Or your goal this year might be, right, I want to save £2,500. So then you might think, right, I need to save £200 a month to get to, to that figure. There's a lot of things for, for some people. Their financial goal might be just to, to start paying into a pension. If, if you're self-employed, you might think, right, don't have a pension. I want to start paying into one. It, it's good to have some sort of financial goals. You don't want to have too many because then you, you sometimes lose focus a wee bit. But just set one or two things and say, right, Money-wise, this is what I'm aiming to achieve over a set period of time. Just now as well, what you want to try and do is cut your outgoings and and start to save more. We have done shows about like trying to save money on on things like your bills as well. We've done numerous podcasts. That's one good thing with the podcast is you can go through all the previous episodes that were recorded. And for some people, there'll be ones there that think, oh, that sounds quite interesting. That'll help me. We, we did one not that long ago with Jeff Woodger when he came on about speaking about utilities and how you can still save money on those. So th- there are ways that people can try and kind of cut their cloth a wee bit to free up money for, for other things as well. Absolutely. Now comes the part of the show where Phil looks back over the course of his own life, both professionally and personally, to find an example of how today's topic has affected his own situation. So, Phil, a beginner's guide to managing your money. What do you have on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've worked in financial services since 1999, so it's a few years now. <laughs> so I've, I've plenty of experience of managing money. One thing I would say is I'm a lot more of a spender than a saver. So I, I know what it's like. I, I love my holidays, and there are times where I'm like, oh, I should be saving more in a pension. But I, I do always think, right, you never know what's around the corner. They need to live for a day, but it is important to save for tomorrow as well. So it's something that I'm always reviewing. I, I tend to review my budgets probably about every six months. I always just have a look and say, right, what's coming in? What's going out? Because things change as well. So you might set a budget initially, but it's always important to just keep reviewing things going forward. And then if your circumstances change, so for example, if you, you move in with a partner or, or get married uh, or have kids, that's probably a good time to sit down and review <laughs> All your, your ins and outs as well. So I've done that plenty of times over the year with the amount of kids I've got. <laughs> All right, and next, time for quote of the week. Phil's always been a fan and a collector of quotes for as long as I've known him. Um, what do you have on our topic for this week? A beginner's guide to investing your own money. Quite a good quote this week. I'm not sure who, who said this one, but the, the quote this week, the longer you take to start, the longer it will be until you get results. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your queries. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details, as I say in a second. I'll give it to you after these. This first one is from Ed. Hi, Phil. I listen to your podcast all the time and going back through the years. I'm new to financial advising and really enjoy your method of talking about it all. I moved away from Aberdeen. So nice to hear a bit of home. Uh, my question, which could be of interest to uh, answer in a future podcast, is what are the long-term financial implications of strikes versus inflation and cost of living, etc.? Many people seem to be taking part in industrial action, asking for a pay rise. If we see everyone or a large number of the UK population getting a 12% pay rise, what will this do to my mortgage, cost of tomatoes, pension? 
At, at the moment, inflation's still around 10%. I think they were hoping it would have started to reduce more by now. To get this down, the government tried to get people spending less. So curb inflation, what they'll usually do is taxes will rise um, and interest rates will go up. So we've seen that happening over the last wee while. Now, if, if people get large pay rises, it then means that they can spend more. So it's a bit of a catch-22 situation. So by getting wage rises, that is going to be something that kind of goes against trying to get inflation down. But no, nobody wants to be paid less in real terms. But at the same time, nobody wants to see the value of things like their savings eroded due to, to inflation. But getting inflation under control is something that's massively important. And once it gets out of hand, it can be really quite hard to, to control. We are kind of seeing that a wee bit just now, but hopefully it did did come down the last time I looked at the, the figures, but it is, it is still quite high just now. But like I say, I know that the government, that is one of their high priorities to, to try and get it down. They've been trying to take steps, but it's um, quite a tricky one. It's uh, it's interesting. Someone said to me, and they weren't a financial advisor, I have to say, it was just a sort of thing that they, they'd looked at. And they said, historically, whenever figures go up in terms of prices, regardless of inflation, the cost of energy or the cost of fuel or whatever, it won't come back down. So you would imagine that at some point, wages will have to rise accordingly, maybe not like fully in, in terms of that 12%, yeah. but they will have to go up at, at, at some point. And that's, we're in that sort of screaming and kicking phase between employers and employees at the moment, aren't we? It, it's kind of like not ethically, but I mean, like the, the pensioners just got the, the triple lock on the pension. So they're, if, if you're receiving the state pension, it went up by, I think it was just over 10%. So they're they're a bit more protected, but I, I feel I do feel for folk like those working in the NHS because during COVID it, they were working so hard. Everybody was like clap for carers and all this sort of stuff, and and now they've now had the pay rises to kind of keep pace with with inflation. So I, I do sympathise as well. But but going back to Ed's question, it does sort of the more people's wages go up the less impact it'll have on inflation. But mm. I, I do kind of sympathise for the government because it is, I, mean, I suppose you, you could, some people would argue it's them that's caused the, the problems, but the, the, the people will say all different things as to why it is what it is. But I know they are certainly trying to, to get it under control. And hopefully, I mean, I, I was out not long ago at a, a seminar and the speakers there, they certainly thought that, Later in the year, we would see it come down to a lot more kind of, when I say acceptable figures, they've got a target at 2% for inflation. I don't think it'll come down to that any time this year, but hopefully they'll, they'll start to, to get a, a handle on it and it will start to get down neither what it was before. Okay, next up, here's one from Stephanie in Coventry who says, Hi, Phil. I'm looking to organise an emergency fund and I've heard you talk about them before, <laughs> even today. Now, obviously, with the way everything's climbing in price, what I might have put away for an emergency fund 12 or 24 months ago will be drastically different to what I would need now. But I'm wondering if you have a simple guide or suggestion for what to put away in terms of a percentage or for how long I'm trying to survive for uh, without an income. I think you mentioned this 
earlier in the show. Was it something like three months worth, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I, I always think ideally if you can have around three months wages as an emergency fund, then that's great. And if you can set that as a target to, to try and aim for, it's always better, again, to have something rather than, than nothing. It all comes down to budgeting, which, again, we, we kind of spoke about earlier as well. But one thing that might kind of help Stephanie is there's a charity called Ditch Debt with Dignity. Now, we, we had someone from there on a, a previous podcast. Wendy, yeah. That's right, Wendy Fleming had, had came on. I, I think Wendy's actually got her own podcast as well, she which you, you've done a few episodes of that with her, have you, John? She does indeed, yeah. And then they, Ditch Debt with Dignity are good because they've got some good tips and advice. You can find them on things like Facebook, LinkedIn, all the various social media channels. And one thing that they suggest is a it's called a 50-30-20 budget method. And, and what they say to try and do is a 50% of your income going to your needs, 30% to wants, and 20% to savings. Now, I know that sounds in theory, oh, great, if you can stick to it. But like I say, I know that it is quite difficult just now with the cost of living having gone up. And so if somebody's working off that principle, they'd be doing very well. It's just getting into your budgets and trying to be acute with it, but having a look, say, right, what do we need to be spending on? What's kind of a bit more discretionary? Try and build up your emergency fund. And like I say, something is, is better than nothing as well. Absolutely. Okay, I would just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 137 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal finance community on facebook phil's on twitter and linkedin as well or you can email phil a question he can answer on a future show his address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk that's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk send him your question and as i say phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast and please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer remember if you found this useful please rate and recommend us and please follow us on apple or wherever you get your podcasts then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it you'll get all the links you need on phil's social media good luck with your money phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further we'll see you next time and thanks for listening